You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 199, Lauren Gaskill and the Joy of Healing, a great episode about God's power. Halfway there. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Eric Nevins, and it is always a pleasure. I know that today's story is going to be a good one and it's going to really bless you. Um, if you haven't gone over to halfwaytherepodcast.com, there's a little button there for Patreon. If you like the show, you want to support it, that's the way to do it. Just go hit Patreon. And uh, you can go in. It's not that much. You can get early access to every single episode, uh, certain levels. You can get a T-shirt like I'm wearing today, my Halfway There T-shirt. would love to send you one of those. Uh, So our guest today is author, speaker, and the founder of She Found Joy, uh, Lauren Gaskell. Lauren, welcome to Halfway There. Hey, Eric. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It is really great. Um, I think that I discovered you when I had a, a couple years ago now, Sarah Kuntz on the show. Are you friends with Sarah? Yeah. You know Sarah her? was one of the first people that I met when I started kind of dipping my toes into the writing waters. Yeah, yeah. That's great. She uh, she is a go-getter and forced me to step up my game. That is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I was looking at the other podcast she was on. I think she, I think she talked with you. So anyway, that's, that's how I discovered you. But tell us a little bit about what you're doing and what uh, kind of what God's doing in, in your life right now. Yeah, so I am a writer and a speaker, and like you said, I'm the founder of She Found Joy. It's a nonprofit. We have a podcast. Uh, Typically, we do women's events, but the Lord told us to put a pause on that this year, so all of our focus has been in the podcast, and we release every Monday, but I am working on my second book right now, and I have a conversation with my agent next week, so I'm super jazzed about that. That's exciting. Yeah. Okay. The Lord told you to put a pause on it. Was that before coronavirus? It was. And wow. you know what's crazy, Eric, was that my executive director called me two weeks ago and she said, and I was thinking the same thing. She was like, Lauren, this is the Lord's grace and mercy to us because we're a baby nonprofit. So this literally for us to lose thousands of dollars on event contracts would have been horrible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Okay, well, that's kind of interesting. Uh, following the Lord's leading, I'm sure that's there's a story to that somewhere we can talk about. Yes. So let's uh, let's dive in. Where are you from? Where where you where'd you grow up? Well, I come from a little town in Indiana called Elkhart. Uh, oh, most yeah. people are probably more familiar with Notre Dame. We're kind of 30 minutes away from there, so my family bleeds for the Irish. Um, and we made our way to North Carolina now, and now we consider Raleigh to be our home. Gotcha. Okay. So you grew up in Indiana. What what kind of family, what was your family like when you were growing up? Yeah, very, very, very passionate, very determined mm. people. Um, my maiden <laughs> name is Hardy and the family crest for, just so y'all can like get to know where I come from, our family crest is a boar and <laughs> boars are really stubborn. And so nice. my dad would always be like, Hardy's never quit. Hardy's never say die. Like we just put our heart and soul into everything. So that's very much my family. All right. So that's, that sounds a lot like you. Sounds like you're uh, cause you're <laughs> yeah. kind of a bulldog there. Go get it. I am. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
was what was the spiritual climate like? Yeah, I grew up in the church, and what's really cool about my my family, um, my grandparents on my mom's side, very strong believers, very strong prayer warriors. Uh, my father was saved in the Jesus movement. He oh, was cool. a hippie, and um, he has a very awesome salvation story. He would be a great guest on your podcast. Um, but all that to say, he was a baby Christian when he was raising us. So I think a lot of things like hindsight – you know, had he been a little bit more mature, the spiritual climate would have been different. But uh-huh. we kind of were all learning together, it felt like sometimes. Yeah, I love that. Kind of a baby Christian family. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. How'd that affect you? And how did your faith become your own? Yeah, I'll try to not make this story super <laughs> long. But, <laughs> um, you know, I do believe that my faith was genuine. I do believe that when I accepted Christ, as I believe I was a 10 year old and I asked to be baptized. I do believe that that was genuine. I do. Mm -hmm. However, when push came to shove and trials came up in high school, it was not at the level. My, my, my understanding, my knowledge of the scripture, my knowledge of God, of all of those things that Paul talks about how he hopes that we increase in those things. It hadn't been increased to a point enough where I could withstand really what I was going through. And so I don't know how deep we want to go into this part of my story, but um, suffice it to say, a lot of this is in my first book, Into the Deep. For a while, I felt like I was drowning and my faith really wasn't uh, much of anything except for I think I had I had enough of the Holy Spirit in me to keep me from drowning. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, well, well, really, my faith became my own through trials And through wrestling, I kind of have felt like Jacob, you know, Lord, I'm not going to let go until you bless me and kind of wrestling out my faith to understand what is all of this about and and who is God really? Who am I? Why am I here? And that has been a hard fought uh, battle, but I am on the other side. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Yeah. Well, take us into that a little bit. Tell us that story. Like take, you you can go as deep as you want. So I was preface with that, but. Yeah, I want to hear kind of where you were and then how God, yep. like, and they could be moments, they could be, you know, years, I don't know, but you yeah. you take us into it. Yeah, so, um, like I said, trials came up in high school, uh, very intense season of panic attacks okay. and depression and anxiety, and I had no understanding of spiritual warfare. When you're looking at things in the natural and they don't look good and you have no other rationale for why things are happening, you throw all of that onto you. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like everything was my fault. And it literally my life was insanity. I mean, I would throw up almost every night. I would be terrified to go to sleep. That's demonic. It's just downright wow. demonic. And but I didn't know I didn't know what demonic oppression was. So I'm just like, well, I'm super messed up and I need help and no one's helping me. Um and so Really, honestly, I think it was truly just the grace of God getting me through that season, and eventually that lifted. But then more health problems came along, and this was in college. And I remember waking up and feeling like my entire body had been hit by two-by-fours. Oh, wow. And I just constantly walked around in pain. And then pain turned to injuries. I started injuring ligaments and tendons and different things. 
And then I got lockjaw. And then fast forward a couple years later, this was right around the time I got married in 2014. I don't even know how to explain this to you, but like I was in the car driving to work one day and I could feel it was like my mouth was closing in on itself. Wow. And so I would leave work every day. Like my pain would start, you know, at a level maybe five in the morning. And by the time I left work, it would be like a 9.5. And I would scream in the car every single day coming home from work. And, and my husband, he, cause I, I, I was like, well, everybody must be going through this thing because this is crazy. So I just need to suck it up. And my husband was like, yeah, this isn't, this <laughs> isn't normal. You need, you need to go get checked out. And that was when uh, I was diagnosed in uh, 2015, actually a year after we got married with hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. I think honestly, if I can just be candid, um, I think that there were some signs potentially of that illness, but I think that diagnosis became a self-fulfilling prophecy in my life because really up until that point, there had just been pain and some ligament injuries. Um, but then once I was labeled with that, and again, I had no grid for healing. I had no grid. I didn't know that the gifts were still happening today. I didn't mm. know. I, I just, there was so much that I didn't know. And, um, so natural wisdom, I basically grabbed onto that diagnosis. And like I said, it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. I started manifesting all of the symptoms of this disorder. Cause now you knew what uh, they were. What'd you say? Cause now you knew what they were. Yeah. And <laughs> right. I had Googled everything. So I was like, well, this is what's going to happen to me. And the doctor says that if I don't do this, I'm going to end up in a wheelchair and blah, 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 blah. And, and then on top of that, I started to have flashbacks. It's just, it's just in, insane. Um, <laughs> the last 10 years of my life were crazy, but God is good. Uh, I started having flashbacks of the anxiety and the panic attacks and fell into that oppression again. And so I am just literally adrift without any shred of hope, quite honestly. Yeah, I was going to ask, where did you feel like God was during all of that? You know, it's so hard because... I think down in my spirit all those years, I think that I knew that he was good. And I think that I knew that he was with me, but I, I couldn't. It was like there was a wall between me and him because I would have people tell me, well, since God didn't heal you when people prayed once, that means he's not going to heal you. So you just mm. need to deal with this and you just need to, you know, this is your thorn in the flesh, which I don't know what your theology is, but I studied <laughs> that out last year and that actually is bad theology. It's Paul's thorn in the flesh was per persecution. It was not sickness. Um, but when people tell you that and your only experience in life is eight years of level nine pain and wow. panic attacks and hell, I mean, you just try to be a good little Christian. Um, so I don't know if that answered your question totally. at all. But I, I think that one of the things I, I talk about a lot is um, how our understanding of Scripture really changes and affects how we walk out our faith, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so taking a passage like that and misunderstanding what it was actually happening, and how often do we do this with so many things? Paul is particularly... 
um, hard to understand. And even Peter says that, right? Like he's just hard to understand. Uh, so it's not just us. It was even back then, but it's hard to, so, and we just, we have a Western way of looking at the world, right? And so we take some of these things and we add that in and then our faith gets so, um, jaded sometimes or hard even, um, that it's, we don't get it, right? We don't get it. And so we don't know what's going on. So that's interesting that you were kind of sitting there in that. Right. Phase. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are ruined for a lack of knowledge. And, yeah. and I think where we've gotten into trouble is we've made Paul the example when Jesus is supposed to be the example. I'm yeah. not dissing Paul. I'm not dissing right. him at all. Right. But Jesus, when Jesus prayed, everyone was healed. And, and there's mm-hmm. other hallmarks of the life of Jesus that that is supposed to be my model. Um, and I'm getting off of that topic of, of the thorn in the flesh first. But there's other examples from the writings of Paul that we've, we've misconstrued and we've twisted yeah. that were never meant to be that way. But when in the natural, again, if you're only experienced, I mean, my first book, listen, y'all go read it. I, I agree with like 80% of it still. <laughs> <laughs> But there's about 20% of it where I read it and it pains my heart because a lot of those things and they were, they looked good on the surface, but when it got down to it, it was just something that I was taught and I was using those, what am I trying to say? I was using those teaching points to help myself cope with what I wasn't seeing in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that interesting? That fascinates me so much because I was like that too. As a kid my in high school, my question, I tell people this all the time, was uh, I don't see change, right? I read the New Testament and I see people like night and day, right? I see, I see power. I see people, um, you know, just loving others in radical ways. I don't see that in my little church. Where is it? And that, was, that really propelled me eventually into Bible school and then seminary that's a different story, but, uh, so I get it. Like I, I hear that. So, okay. What, so what happened? How did you, uh, how'd that, how'd, how'd that affect you? So you felt like God was there, but you weren't really experiencing him. I, I mean, honestly, I was mad at him. If yeah. I can just be real. That's great. I was, I was very mad. And, um, I remember in 2016, this was actually a year after I was diagnosed. I went to a conference and they had a time of prayer. Sheila Walsh had everybody, bow their heads. And she said, I want you to ask the Lord, what's one thing he wants you to believe him for. And the Lord, you know, despite my misunderstanding of scripture early on in life, the Lord has always spoken to me. I, I have from a very young age heard inaudibly strong impressions from the Lord. Wait, give us an example of that. Like an early age. Yeah. Give us, give us like, what was that like for you as a kid? As a kid? Yeah. Um, I mean, as a kid, I, before all the bad stuff happened, and I think this is what allowed me to somehow maintain <laughs> my faith during the crisis, but I knew that he loved me. Like, I could hear him saying over me, like, I love you. I am so delighted mm-hmm. in you, Lauren. Or, like, sometimes I would hear him say, like, I'd be listening to a song, and I'd hear him, like, say to dance or something, and I would be dancing in the backyard. Um, so just little stuff like yeah. that. But as I got older... You know, sometimes those would be longer sentences. And and on this occasion, I heard the Lord say, trust that I can and will heal you. And that, uh, again, I 
I was very confused because I was pressing in for that and I was praying for that, but I wasn't seeing anything. And this is where, honestly, this is an area of faith that I haven't quite worked out yet. So I'm just being fully transparent, but he continued over the course of the next three years to speak to me about healing. So in 2017, I was sitting in a parking lot where it was storming and I was crying because it was another level nine pain day. And the Lord said, spring is coming in your life. Healing is coming in your life, both literally and figuratively. It was in early March. And then a year later, fast forward, I'm standing on the beach in the Bahamas and I'm screaming at him because I literally hate my life. I had just come out with my first book. And I'm almost in a wheelchair because my I could it hurt so much to walk. I couldn't shower because my shoulder would pop out when I tried to wash mm. my hair. My husband had to help me shower and get dressed. And I was just so depressed. And I was screaming at him on the beach because it was raining on our vacation. And all I wanted to do was <laughs> get in the salt water because yeah. salt water feels so good. Like yeah. <laughs> it has healing properties, right? Uh-huh. And you know what he said to me? He said, it was a total Isaiah moment. He said, the salt water is not your healer. I am your healer, Lauren. (laughs) But I still didn't get it. Like, I still didn't get it. And it wasn't until last year in June, I had finally gone through every single medical line of treatment available. We tried a $10,000 innovative treatment that wasn't covered by insurance. Oh, wow. All of this stuff. It wasn't until then that the light bulb came on. Wow. Okay. I want to hear about the light bulb, but what were you thinking? So as you were trying all these different things, what, why were you doing them? You mean the medical thing? Yeah. The medical stuff. Well, I kind of felt like it was my only option Yeah. because I wasn't, I wasn't seeing anything else. And I was like, this is really cool. God, that you're talking to me about this, but you're not really doing anything. So I'm just going to keep, you know, maybe you're going to heal me through medicine, you know, which I, I'm not, I'm not against doctors. I'm really not. Um, I think God meets us where we're at and that's where I was at, but it did not work for me. So, but I was, I was grasping at straws, anything, because part of me believed that it was going to happen that way. Yeah. 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 Which is interesting. Okay. Light bulb. What happened? So we tried the last treatment and it didn't work. And what was interesting was at that time we were moving into our new house. We had prayed for this house for more than a year and it was a total answer to prayer. The Lord is so good. Two acres, porch swing. (laughs) It's not like a huge house, but it's, it's exactly what we wanted. And I'm sitting unpacking boxes and I'm in level nine pain and I'm having visions of kids running around in the backyard and my heart just breaks because I knew that I couldn't have kids in the state that I was in. Like there was mm. no way, but I'm like, why am I having these visions? Like I felt tortured. And, and then I went downstairs and I started unpacking my supplements because I used to take like 30 supplements a day just to not <laughs> be yeah. crazy. And the Lord said to me, this will not always be your supplement cabinet, Lauren. And I, I just dropped down to the floor and I said, I can't handle this. I can't, I can't do it, God. I can't do it. Please either kill me, take me home, 
or do something. And the next day, he introduced me to two women who were healed supernaturally through prayer. One of them was healed of the same condition that I'd been battling. Wow. That is not a coincidence. (laughs) And so, and the woman, it was crazy because the woman who'd been healed of the condition that I've been struggling with, she prayed for eight months. And I was like, that blew my paradigm because I thought you're just (laughs) supposed to pray once and then it's done. And then you get to know what God's will was in the matter. Right. And she started speaking about Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes we were healed. First Peter 2, 24, Mark 16, these signs will follow those who believe. And it just blew, it blew open my box. And I remember the next morning I sat down to read the gospels and it was like, I was seeing Jesus for the first time, the real Jesus. I mean, and up, up until that point, you have to understand I I'd been speaking, I'd been leading ministry. I mean, uh, so it blew everything it, it was like my life was completely turned around in the best possible way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. What did you see about Jesus that was different? What was different? I saw, I saw why he came. Uh, I saw that he truly never turned away anybody. Mm-hmm. I saw that he had compassion. I saw that not only did he command things, he knew his authority, but he instructed his disciples to do the same. And, and I saw that he gave authority in all the identity verses that I had missed the, I even went further into some of the epistles seated in heavenly places. Um, and, and just that he took back the keys and now we have authority in him that we can trample on serpents and scorpions and nothing shall by any means hurt us. Luke ten nineteen, just, it's, it's just like, I, you know, I don't know how the Holy spirit does it, Eric, but moments there are moments in life where revelation comes and you just finally understand what you'd been missing yeah yeah well totally that's and that's what i was interested in because i think those moments are so deeply powerful and it's one of the reasons i do the show because i want to hear about them right because i i believe that god is doing them all over the world all the time we just never share them because we feel like they're a little weird we feel like we're not not really sure they're a little subjective a lot of times right and that's okay, right? That's that's the way he works. The whole New Testament is subjective in some ways, right? A lot of those experiences. What? Um, so okay, so you you read it. You're seeing Jesus. You're you're doing. So what do you, what happened then? Like, are you did you are you still praying for healing? Are you like what's what's going on with that? Yeah. So I when I saw that it was in fact God's will for me to be well. You, so you I finally saw... believed what he'd been telling you for a while. Sorry, what was that? You finally believed what he'd been telling you for a while. Correct. Yeah, okay. And when I saw the last 10 years, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that everything that happens in life is the devil. If I fall while I'm running outside and I twist my ankle, like, that's not the devil. That's just, I twisted my ankle and guess what? God can heal that too. Right. But my life, my story, very much demonic oppression. Um... And when I, you know, I started receiving, um, I started going to Spirit-Filled Church, and I just had this hunger for healing. So I started reading about all the greats, Catherine Coleman, Oral Roberts, John G. Lake. I just, 
I, I started taking classes. I dug it, dove in headfirst into this topic. And I, it's like this fire started burning within me for healing. And I knew that that was for a reason. And I felt like, oh my gosh, I have been attacked in the area that I'm supposed to minister in. Cause I've never been more passionate about mm. anything in my entire life than healing. Um, so all of that to say, there's no such thing as a perfect journey. Yeah. So I have been standing now for healing for 10 months. Um, I would say that the first five months, so up until probably the fall of 2019, was me very much learning and trying to get rid of unbelief, trying to, I mean, when you're coming out of your identity is literally wrapped up in, I mean, I would introduce myself and I, I would identify myself as, hi, I'm Lauren with EDS. You know, like that was, that mm. was me. Um, you have a lot of unraveling to do and you have a lot of weeding that you have to do in the garden of your heart. Um, the, the Bible talks about how the kingdom is like a seed and, and, but the enemy also goes around scattering seed. And so I had so many weeds in my garden, like it was unreal. Um, so I didn't really see a whole lot happen in terms of symptom relief the first five months. It was very much just me and the Lord um, and me relearning the truth. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say relearning, just learning the truth. Right. Uh, and then from there, in the winter of 2019, I uh, went on a missions trip to Brazil with Global Awakening. And it was a healing missions trip. And we were praying for the sick. And that was the catalyst in this healing journey. Um, I woke up on the plane ride going to Brazil and my bite shifted overnight. And I was expecting to be in level nine pain because I only got three hours of fragmented sleep and I was sleeping, you know, with my head yeah, yeah. up against the corner of the airplane wall. Right. <laughs> and the Holy spirit was like, go to the bathroom and check your mouth out. Literally, my bite had shifted. Like, you have to understand, my bite was so screwed up that only my back two molars touched. Oh, wow. And now, like, all of my teeth, your teeth are supposed to touch up until, like, your first four teeth. And my bite had shifted overnight. And you know what I love about that is that I had gotten stuck in religion. I'll be honest. I had gotten stuck in praying out of, I need to see this happen because now I know the truth instead of resting mm. in the fact that I know the truth. Christ is inside of me. This is going to, you know, he is working to fulfill everything that he promised. Thank you, Jesus. I don't understand all the whys. I don't know why I prayed again and, you know, healing didn't happen immediately, but I'm going to press into this thing. Um, and so that was so sweet to me because I believe that the Lord did that as kind of a little tap on the back to be like, hey, remember, it's not about what you do. And that's what religion is. Religion tells us right. it's about what we do. It's not about what we do. It's about who he is, and it's about what Jesus already accomplished. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that is always the first step to, to being a Pharisee, right? It's focusing on behavior. Yep. What am I? It's it's when we internalize things and we're like, what am I doing wrong? Well, why didn't this prayer work? If you're asking those questions, you're in the wrong place. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, you have to surrender, right? And let God, ask God what he wants to do and ask him yes. to, to step in. And uh, that takes an awful lot of trust, you know? Yes. It's so hard. Um, it but it, it includes releasing control. That's really what it is. Wow. Okay, so what'd you do with that? Because that's got to be a seriously huge moment for you. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I, I was, I'll be honest. <laughs> I was kind of bummed that it wasn't the whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, and I know that's coming, but I was super, super jazzed. And I kept telling people about it on the trip. Um, and what was really cool about that trip, honestly, was that the Lord didn't just stop there. That trip for me, I was pouring out and I was praying for people and we were seeing people be healed in Jesus name as we were preaching the gospel. But on top of that, I received two life changing prophetic words in Brazil um, from Randy Clark and from Rodney Hogue, who are with Global Awakening. And it honestly, if it weren't for that, I don't think that I would have been able to coming home in January, some of the trials that came up in January and February in my life. Um, and some of the things that I'm even working through right now, like, honestly, it was just the Lord's goodness. I mean, he, he knows how to encourage our hearts with exactly what we need. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what did that do for me? It gave me the strength and the courage that I needed to keep walking out this journey that the Lord has me on. Wow, that's so good. He knows how to encourage our hearts with exactly what we need. Wow. Yes. See, see, there's so much trust in that. Um, has when, it- you, when you realize that there's true, you know, I, it, it's actually kind of a blessing that no medicine worked for me because when you realize that your only hope is Christ, that's actually a really good place to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, you see that so often in scripture too, right? People who are just, that's their only option. It's the only thing, you know, is the Lord coming through. And sometimes we have to get to that place. Sound sounded like you did, um, yeah. to where it was only going to be the Lord and you had to surrender to that. And then he was like, oh yeah, look, by the way, you're on an airplane, but here you go. <laughs> right. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Did you see any healing down there? Like not just you, but other people? Yes, yes. So um, people that I prayed for specifically, we saw a guy who had double vision for five years healed. Um, A woman with a tumor. That was crazy because my friend had been praying for her for 20 minutes. Nothing happened. She brought me over. I started praying with her. We prayed for another 20 minutes. Nothing was happening, but I felt like we were supposed to keep praying. And I just kept asking the Lord, Lord, you won't let me leave this woman. So what do you want me to do? Like, what do you want me to say? Because I'm not going to pray anything that you don't want me to pray. And he said, apply the blood, apply the blood of Jesus Mm. to the tumor. And so, you know, I think a lot of the times the Lord just honors obedience. It's not that that prayer, like I can do that for some of the issues that I have left in my body, but like, that's not what the Lord is telling me to do. So it's a gift of faith in the moment to obey him. And when I said that it started shrinking uh, so that was pretty awesome. And what are some of the other things well, that I saw? I love that because it's not a magic formula, right? I think it's no. so hard to, to think of it that way. I, I sometimes think that we think of God as a, as a, like an ATM, right? If I just put in my faith card and push the right buttons of 
holyish living and you know all those kinds of things, the right words, the right prayer, Bible study, out will come the blessings. And it doesn't work like that. It's just faith in what he wants to do and obedience to what he's asking you to do. Amen. He said to receive the kingdom like a child. Mm-hmm. And so if we're trying to make formula, children don't make formulas out of things. <laughs> they just oh. they just follow their father. Oh. And And so I think that's where, as adults, we've kind of, really made things too complicated. The reality is, is that this is war and we are in a war. Paul writes in Ephesians six, it's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the principalities and the darkness of this present age. And so we're in that war, but we have Jesus. And so we're victorious. And we, that means that we take the gospel, we run with it and we don't look back. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So I'm not I'm not responsible for outcome. And I know there's some people who would disagree with me on that. Some people would say, "Well, if you have faith, the mountain's going to move." Listen. The Lord told me 2 weeks ago because I I kind of reached a point I was struggling 2 weeks ago again. And he told me, "Lauren, your faith is beautiful to me." Mm. And so sometimes, like, we can't make a formula out of the mountain moving either. Some, some people, we make a formula out of Matthew 17, 20. Right. And faith is very important, and we want to be very diligent about keeping our heart free of unbelief. However, I'm not responsible for outcome. I'm not the one who does the healing. That's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, let's talk about She Found Joy. Like, what— what are you doing there? And, uh, well, start there. Yeah. So I, I wish I had a lot of things to tell you with that. Yeah. I'm just going to be real and tell you that three months ago, the Lord told me to put my Isaac on the altar. I mean, we're not doing events and I did feel like he said, go ahead and keep doing the podcast. But honestly, Eric, I don't know Ah. because I received a prophetic word from Randy Clark. Um, and it, it lined up with two other words that I was given and also the cry of my heart now. Um, so the Bible says to test the word, to test the spirit. And I do believe, I don't think that every, I'm new with the prophetic as of last year, but I don't think that every prophetic word that you receive is the Lord. However, I think that you can, so oftentimes there will be a check in your spirit Um, and oftentimes when I know it's for me, I will start weeping or it will be so Mm -hmm. powerful. It just shakes me to my core. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And Randy said that I was going to step into a a new level of healing ministry. And, and so I, I am kind of in this holding pattern with the Lord where I don't know what ministry is going to look like for me in the future. I know that he's called me to healing ministry. I know that he's called me to minister in that area. Um, I don't know if that means if I'll keep doing She Found Joy or if it will metamorphose into something else, but we'll just see. Yeah, interesting. Um, I actually really love that because uh, what you've done is you've stepped out with using your gifts, right, to create a ministry to, that really has blessed a lot of people. And, yeah, yeah. And I'm not serve. discrediting what the right, Lord right. has done with She Found Joy. It's been yeah, incredible. Yeah. We've seen salvations and all kinds of things. Right. Uh, and then now you're going, okay, well, I feel like God may, might be leading me into this new thing, and we're going to see where that's going. And that's that's totally okay. Very interesting. Um, you how, how Do you like podcasting? Is that... Oh, I so love, still I doing love that? podcasting. Yeah. yeah. 
What, uh, what are you excited about with your podcast? I am really excited about all of the people who have chosen to follow me on this journey of going deeper. Mm. Uh, I know that the full gospel can be messy, uh, but it's necessary. And I, I just know that when the Lord took the blinders off, of my eyes last year. And I, it was kind of like my great awakening. Um, (laughs) but I felt like I had a duty to, there's a verse that says to whom much is given, much will be required, much is expected. So I feel this burden to like, I'm, I'm supposed to lead the people who I've been leading on this journey that I've been on. And that's what I'm most excited about because we're all learning and growing together in Christ. And that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, that's so interesting. Have you seen a change in people who are following you as you've kind of grown or is um, it? Yeah. I mean, our listener base has gone up. So I think that's exciting. Oh, wow. uh, I don't, I don't know if we've lost listeners. I'm sure we have. I know that we didn't have any one star reviews until I started talking about the Holy spirit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got it. This happens to me all the time. So like, uh, should I rant about this or not? I'm going to do it. So it, do like it. I'll put, I'll post one of the things I do is I post questions on Facebook. Cause it's just fun to like get people to answer. Yeah. And, uh, like whenever I post something about the Holy spirit or about paying attention to the Holy spirit or even, a lot of times people juxtapose that against scripture, right? Well, I'm not saying I don't believe in scripture. I'm not saying don't read scripture. I'm saying also, you know, the, the Holy spirit. So, so what they always come back with is John, um, where Jesus says, uh, you know, the worship in spirit and truth when he's talking to the woman at the well in John four, uh, well, yeah, spirit or truth and spirit, right? It's not, it's not, uh, you know, not that not one or the other, it's both. And what I see in my experience certainly is there was a lot of truth. There was a lot of scripture. I got a whole degree in that, right? But, yep. and that's good. I'm happy about that. Yep. But I'm also pushing into the spiritual side. And so I didn't hear, I did not believe if I would have heard your story four years ago, I'd been like, I don't know what to do with that, right? The third person I interviewed, no, the second person I interviewed was Ian Bradbeer, who had, he's, he's, uh, he's in Australia and he, he says to me this most amazing thing. He goes, uh, I prayed and I said, God, I don't ever want to be limited by anything except for you again. What? Like, holy cow, that's a prayer, right? Mm. He says, I want everything. And so that started to challenge me to, to trust in these things and to go, okay, God, what, what happens? And since I've heard lots of stories of healing and things that God's doing. So I totally, I'm, I'm on board with that, but people don't believe it. We, they, they just want to believe the scripture. And I know why that is right. Historically, there's reasons. Yes. In fact, I'm taking a class right now. I, I decided not to get an MDiv, but because it just, the Lord was saying no, but I'm taking a few classes a la carte, if you will. And I'm studying church history right now. And it's mm. fascinating to see how all of this has come about. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into that. What I am going to say is that Jesus says to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures because you think in them is eternal life. Yeah. But yet eternal life was standing right in front of them. I have chills right now because here, here's the thing. I was raised very strong Bible. I love my Bible. 
I love my Bible so much. Yeah. <laughs> and that's important. But I'll actually just share this. This morning, I woke up and I had a very, this doesn't happen every night. So I'm not trying to sound like super spiritual. Like this yeah, happens yeah. to me every night. But last night I had a dream and the Lord woke up. I woke up and the Lord told me he interpreted the dream for me. And I knew it was Jesus. And I kept asking Jesus, okay, can you tell me more about that? Like, okay, what do you? And then what was interesting was when I got out of bed, I started to read my Bible and I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, no, I want you to spend more time with me with what I showed you last night in your dream. So, and, and that's the, that's the reality of faith. Like, I love the word. I've got to have more of it. I constantly read my Bible, but there are times where the Lord wants to speak to me. He wants to, and, and he speaks through scripture. Absolutely. But he also speaks through strong impressions, through dreams, through, um, you know, split second visions. He, he speaks to all of us differently. And I think that the problem is that we haven't been taught. Most people have not been taught how to hear the voice of God and how to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I, th I think it's a concern because, let's be honest, there are some crazies out there, right? There, there are some people yeah. who are clearly trying to profit, and my guess is they probably have a prophetic gift and that they've figured out how to monetize it. Um, right. And I'm not sure what God thinks about that. I'll let him deal with them. But, the, um, but that... So that scares people, right? It's like, oh, you're gonna lead people astray. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna do things. And I, and so here, I, I set it up as Jesus is what God is like. Scripture it tells us, you know, what God's like. And then when we have these things, everybody in the in the Bible from beginning to end has some sort of mystical experience. So when we have these mystical experiences, uh, we run them through those filters, right? And say, okay, well, what what is God yes. saying here? And we ask. We do that thing. We ask. What what does that mean? And we let Him tell us. Well, here's a great example. Three nights ago, I had a dream, and it was scary. It was slightly condemning. And I woke up, and I was like, I don't even, the Holy Spirit was like, throw that away. Like, I knew that it wasn't anything. Mm. Because when you learn through the Bible and through the life of Jesus what God is like, that is helps you in your experience of interpreting what comes. So here's another example. Sometimes I'll get woken up in the middle of the night and there will be fear in my bedroom. Well, I know that God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. And so yeah. I don't even need to pay attention to that thing because that's not God trying to speak to me that there's a murderer outside my house. Who's going <laughs> to get me? No, that's just right. the devil. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, really interesting. I love that. Um, I hope that it's encouraging to our friends. Is there anything, uh, well, where can people find you? Let's, let's talk about that. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most at Lauren underscore inspires. And I'm also on Facebook. Um, you can sign up for my email list so that you can get news about this second book that's coming out. I'm really excited about this project. This nice. is the best project that I've worked on in my entire life. What is it going to be? What would you say? What tell us about that project? Well, I whatever you can, told, huh? Whatever you can. Okay. Well, I'll just say this. Uh, I can't. I can't share with you the title, but what I can share with you is that it is about perseverance. It's about persistent faith, and how 
living from that place leads to a life full of breakthrough. And I'm, I'm very excited about it. That's a perfect teaser. So friends, you can uh, keep an eye out for that. Definitely. Um, I've got links in the show notes at halfwaytherepodcast.com to your website, to your Instagram, to your book. Um, I also threw a link in there to uh, Charles Kraft's book, I Give You Authority, which is uh, one that I'm aware of is really good as well. So um, you guys can find all of that. Lauren, thanks a lot. Is there anything you want to leave us with? I think just what I want to say to your listeners is that if you're in a season of life right now where things don't seem to make sense, go back to the last thing that God told you and and sit with him for a while and, and press into to what he told you. Press into the promises that he's given you, the, the words that he's given you, the scriptures that he's given you, and stay in that place. You don't have to figure it out. <laughs> you, mm. just, you just need to stay with God. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to know it all. You just have to follow. I love yes. that. Lauren, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Eric. God bless you.